There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome back to In The Pink with Bose and me, Natalie Pinkham. Lovely to have your company. Lovely to get all your tweets and messages about Johnny Bairstow. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, what a lovely guy. And uh, he's gone through a hell of a lot at such a young age. And to come out the other side of that and to be such a success on the international stage is true testament to his character and also to his mum and sister who've been such an incredible support to him through the years and his career. So thank you, Johnny, once again for your time. OK, next up on In The Pink, we have a Welsh television presenter by the name of Gethin Jones. He is as versatile and talented as he is funny and kind. Now, we've been good mates for some time now, so at various points in this chat, I have to warn you, we do get distracted. There may have been some wine drunk. This was before the lockdown, by the way, and we did go off at various tangents. But hopefully, this just further shows what a great bloke he is and lovely company. He has got an encyclopedic knowledge of sports, particularly rugby. Uh, Welsh rugby, in fact, to be really specific. So much so that Welsh rugby between 2000 and 2010 was his chosen subject for Celebrity Mastermind. This boy knows his stuff. So we do talk about that, but again, because this was such a long time ago, during the Six Nations, before the competition could conclude because of coronavirus, um, you're going to have to kind of ignore that because, yes, it was... Well, it feels like a lifetime ago now that we talked. But anyway, I loved our chat. I hope you do too. Here he is, Gethin Joy. Do you know, one of my favourite places to do a podcast? At my kitchen table! One of my favourite people to talk to, I would think, would be Gethin Jones. I don't know yet, but please don't disappoint. I've been, I've been on this kitchen table a few times, mind. Drink. Well, I mean, the other thing is, you've plowed me with a few glasses of rosé as well, so this, <laughs> this could go anywhere, couldn't it? Rosé, the drink that keeps on giving. Everybody thinks that rosé is limited to long summer lunches. It's just not true. No, and there's gallons of it in here. You make out, because I listen to your podcast with Annabel Croft, who I love, by the way. I, like, I love her, and I think I've fancied her now for about 30 years. <laughs> and I started drinking celery juice in the morning because of it. There you go. Sometimes I have to have apple with it though because it gets boring every day. 
Um, you know and then you people? sent this post, oh, like this post on oh, Instagram. Going, hey guys, <laughs> I just I just booked Animal Craft, and I'm just going to eat like celery forever. And behind you is a massive bottle of gin and a glass of rosé. <laughs> Lies, it's all lies, I tell you. But you know what? It's funny because um, Wiggy, aka my husband, aka your little Welsh friend, um, opened the bottom drawer of the fridge and went, Natalie, there are 16 pieces of celery in here. You keep forgetting to juice it, but I keep ordering it from a card. Does it change for you, genuine? Well, I don't know. Do you want to look different? You haven't been doing it, have you? How many days have you been doing it? I haven't been consistent. Annabelle, I hope you're not listening. I'm trying. I am trying. Yeah, no, I've been doing it. I think it's quite good. You, I, th- In fairness to you now, you're the one person in my life that I know that seems to have... You must have a hidden day in the week. Like, I don't know how you do it all. You're a machine. And it's like, you've got eight days and everyone else has got seven. I think you're like the female version of the Truman Show. You know, you have that day that no one knows about. I like the idea of this. Have you? No, but I, I tell you, the truth is I don't really sleep. And sleepwalking has its benefits Ooh. because you can actually get stuff done. Dude, we were talking about this the other night. My mate actually reminiscing. I had a friend, there's a group of us from uh, home, Cardiff. And we're called the Party Poppers. So we named all our parents and then they named us. Uh, they weren't very like nice names to our parents. What? <laughs> but anyway, they called oh, us the Party Poppers. So right. we just used to go out. But one of them had this real issue about eating he'd always wee at night and he tried weeing on us what? so like it got to the point where like oh bones you can't because he, he used to live in Dinas Powys outside of Cardiff so it was a bit of a trek for him expensive in a taxi so he used to try and stay at one of our houses in our parents houses back right. in the day right and I remember waking up vividly one night and he was on top of me just about to wee on me I'm like I can't do this anymore <laughs> then he weed in one of my mum's cut glasses in the kitchen and then what really did it was my other friend he walked into the bedroom in the morning, opened the curtains, <laughs> turned around and tried to wee on them in bed. Oh. And we're like, this has got to stop. Do you know what? Actually, that's quite a common thing to do in your sleep. Weeing. Is weeing. Particularly if you've had a few beers. Like, quite yeah, a few blokes do that. Mm. Because uh, my cousin did it. It's just blokes, isn't it? That's what we well, yeah. established. Well, you could, yeah. Well, what, why? What are you saying? Just I because... don't know. I don't know why it's just blokes, but I think... Is it something to do with marking your okay. territory? I'll tell you something. No, this is actually... Go on. <laughs> this actually... This actually happens to me with an ex-girlfriend. Oh, God. She weed on me in the middle of the night. And worse than that, she, at the bottom of the bed... Everyone's scrambling to Wikipedia to awful. check out the list of your ex-girlfriends. She'll know she is because we laugh about it now. Okay, good. We call her pissy pants. <laughs> But the worst part of it was, right, that um, I'm just going to clear up the fact that it's not Catherine Jenkins before anyone jumps to that conclusion. We it started. Could be. We started. Um, uh, she so she kind of I don't know. She kind of went twice. She must have gone twice because I had all the <laughs> I had all the boys. We just won the five aside trophy the week before in this league, and all the trophies were in a cardboard box, and that's what woke me up. Was her weeing on the cardboard? I'm like, you know the noise of weeing on the cardboard? I'm like, what's going on? I don't on? actually know. I feel the like, noise of camping? weeing on a cardboard. Am I camping? What's going on? I'm sure I went to bed in my house last night. Who wees on cardboard when they camp? No. What? No, the sound. It's like, you know, when the rain comes in on the tent. On it the sounded tent. like that, okay. I suppose. You didn't say what? that bit. I did. You were, you you were working out with this weird contraption you got in front of you called a microphone. It's, why are you looking at it like that? It's like... Uh, Just making sure it's... I'm actually making sure you're not that? recording over... Pochettino, because oh, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the I'm honoured to follow the ex-Tottenham manager. 
I bet no, he was really he, interesting. He me? was actually truly lovely. Just just one little um, thought on that was that that was Wiggy coming in and going out of the kitchen what, again. But what thank is you that? for that. I don't know what he contributed there. But what is it you. though? Oh, this is it's a like white thing. So, exhibit A. This is a piece of white plastic that goes over the top of the door that prevents your toddlers, Brilliant. little children, slamming the door and catching yeah. their fingers in it. I wish my mum had one of those for the kitchen cupboards when I was a kid. There you go. Um, um, yeah, go Potch. on. Potch. So, um, he, he messaged to say he'd arrived at the venue. This was this morning. And he messaged to say he'd arrived and he said, I'm here with Jesus. And obviously <laughs> I thought this was... This was wonderful. So I, I messaged back oh, no, saying... no, just don't... You didn't try to make a joke, did you? Well, I thought it was quite funny. What did you say? Not? I said, wow, I've never met the Son of God. Oh, I knew you'd make a joke. Did you? <laughs> just let it go. Uh, and he came and he said... I said, oh, you, you didn't laugh at my joke. He said, well, you know, I heard this many times before, no? <laughs> For some reason, you English, you like to say the... But you know, it's not Jesus, it's Jesus. 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 Like Man City. Jesus. That's Jesus. Oh, yeah, but this okay. is Jesus. Mm. Anyway, you know that his translator, his best pal, is mm. sports scientist friend. Mm. He's amazing, actually, because when he started in Southampton, he can speak a word of English. Exactly. I remember seeing those interviews. And Jesus taught him all he knows. Well, there's no... I've, I've come on my own. Okay, I've good. I've done this for Leon's. <laughs> basically. Got a nice dinner out of it. Mm. Okay, let's silly talk meatballs. about your... Um, Silly meatballs. Let's talk about your your <laughs> life, your 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 career. Okay. And uh, it's varied. Um, random, yeah. It is random. Um, do you feel, in some ways, that your versatility has been your undoing because you've done a lot of stuff? But I feel that. I mean, you are a very popular, well loved presenter, but you could absolutely be flying had you stuck at one thing. Do you know what? No, yeah. Do you know? I've had I've had this conversation a million times with agents, um, both here in the UK and in America, um, and I'm still not really sure what the answer is because, yeah, I, my goodness, I've been so lucky now. You know this, and you know how grateful I am for all the opportunities. But when you know have a pilot's license, or you've played rugby, or you have sort of uh, a background in music, you kind of think, well, why do I have to focus on one? You mm. know, and and do you remember it was like. The industry went through this sort of um, period where it was just about experts. They didn't want presenters anymore. You had to be an expert in your field. Well, if you're a pilot, you're an expert, right? If you've done grade eight violin, grade eight piano, you're. Which, by the way, he has. Just for anyone, that you at just yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just telling our so listeners. He has. And he he has. Into the kitchen. Did you think <laughs> I brought Jesus? <laughs> No, that was weird. No, no, no. It you wasn't. Told the it wasn't weird. I'm telling our listeners because you, you, ha, you are a man of men, a man of many talents, mm. and um, just throwing in that sort of that music note there um, doesn't really do you justice. Anyway, yeah. we'll come back to that. Yeah. So I don't know the answer to be honest, and I, um, I, I don't particularly want to sort of focus on one thing because I enjoy all of them, and there's mm. nothing wrong with that. But. Um, yeah, maybe. When I was in America, I was there for three years, and I used to go to these general meetings, and they always used to say, oh, you need to focus on one thing, and that'd be it. And and then other people, or other agents, managers, would disagree with that, you know, mm. and it's good to have that variety. It's really good in terms of the corporate side of things, outside of TV, because you're able to um, host or present or be part of a conference that you can go from one thing to another um, quite easily, because mm. you have a background in it, if that mm. makes sense. Mm. So if you're sort of 
interviewing a, a sports star to going into a music item, then you can do both quite naturally. But Which is why the one show fits you so very well. Yeah, the one show's great. Yeah, it's kind of... I love doing that. It's, it's a bit um, of everything, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. The gear changes are sometimes quite funny and challenging. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. And I, I think it's um, being quite an inquisitive person too. You know, mm. wanting to challenge myself and... Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to have the background and the knowledge and then do your diligence on top of it. It's quite, we're just very blessed to do what we do, really. Mm, we? So. Absolutely. So tell us a bit more about the music because mm. you do come from a musical family. Yeah. Just explain that. So mum's a violin teacher um, and they were quite strict, my parents, you know, and my dad was a conductor and his last concert was him conducting. I was the leader of the orchestra. So there's a nice picture of us at home with the choir and the orchestra and I'm shaking his hand and I'm quite young at this point and uh, dad starts crying and when your dad cries when you're young you just start crying as well don't you you don't know why and I think it was just the emotion of the night you know two and a half thousand people at St David's Hall or whatever it was and um, just finished the, 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 the concert and everyone's clapping they all know that he's leaving after 22 years and um, and there he is sort of shaking his hand son as leader of the orchestra I should add that I'm pretty sure I didn't get the job because my dad was a conductor <laughs> it was there on merit but who knows uh, so that was it yeah and then my, my sister played the cello she didn't really like it we used to fall out by the fact I was better than her and um, funny enough, can you see the dent in... I've got a dent on my face somewhere around here. You might not be able to see because you of the beard. You appear to have grown a beard over mm. it. Yeah, it's a bit like the mic math, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, but there's a dent in there, and that's from me telling my sister she wasn't very good at the cello. So she stabbed me with the bow, and it scarred me for life. That'll teach me. Wow. I know, wow. right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they were both very musical, and we used to do piano lessons. And I used to have piano lessons during Home and Away, my sister during Neighbours, and every half term we'd swap. And that might have been the reason we were single for a long time. <laughs> and Still am, going well. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and did you enjoy music, or was the strictness of the environment, did it kind of undermine your enjoyment of it? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite difficult to talk about that one because I think it's, you know, I'm sure my parents wanted the best for me and, and, and actually, you know, the opportunities for music were incredible. We got to travel and, um, you know, whether that's school trips, orchestra trips or whatever, meet different people. But um, I was half decent, so I get I kept getting pushed up. So I was always the youngest. By who? Like what, my parents, you know. category, yeah. Yeah, like you kept, you know, first violin. You know what I mean? So I'd always be losing my, leaving my friends because I'd be being pushed up. So... It's, it's that fine I'm sure parents have it all the time the fine line between pushing a kid and letting mm. them enjoy it for what it is and what's the outcome so whilst I love the fact that I can sit down with a, as you know sit down with the piano now and play some tunes mm. and play the violin back then I'm not sure I was really enjoying it it was more like I've got to do this because my parents are telling me to I tell you what though what a skill to have I mean women flock if you're just tickling the ivories tinkling the ivories tinkling tinkling or tickling uh, I think it's tinkling, isn't it? Tinkling. Yeah. I'll give you tickling. I think tickles go down quite well as tickles well. Tickles nicer. Let's yes. change it. Let's lead it, not follow it now. Can you play? It's been a long day. I absolutely can't. There's not. A, <clears throat> I'm afraid there's not a musical bone in my body. Now, my, gram, my granny was a uh, concert pianist. My grandpa could play by ear. And he had this beautiful story. So my grandpa, uh, father of four... Uh, all girls and so he spent his life waiting for his daughters and his wife to get ready and <laughs> granny um, mum tells the story about how granny would go off and get ready as with mm. the four four sisters 
and they would hear the piano playing, which was your sign that, you know, you better hurry up because we're running late. And when, when, when Grandpa used to play the piano, it was because he was bored and that's, waiting. That's so weird. It, yeah, and so, so Mum exactly gets... Not anxiety, but really. Yeah. Mum doesn't get anxiety, but she something raises her pulse slightly when she hears a piano because she goes, I've got to be ready. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, but Grandpa got so good because he was waiting for so all long, the time. all the yeah. time for them to get ready. But he could hear a song once and then play it, which is an extraordinary oh, talent. That's an incredible skill. And, yeah. and, and my mum is a brilliant pianist. And I, I remember being a kid just putting my ear to the floor and listening to mum play the piano. Mm. Sam, my brother, who you know very well, yeah, is, yeah. is of, he works at Virgin. He's, he's, a, you know, he's always got his ear for, to the ground at the moment because he's doing his house up, hasn't he? That's very true. Mm. But he's a musician. He, you know, naturally instinctive oh, think, musician. Yeah. Doesn't do it anymore, but can play the saxophone and the piano. And I didn't get a scrap of it. To the point of um, playing the piano when you're waiting, mm. I think that's why I recently got a kind of piano where I live because I, 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 whenever I see a piano in a room, I go to it and I play. doesn't matter where I am. And usually that's in a bar what or a restaurant. Skill. Yeah, but do you know why? It's because ex- exactly that. Back home, my parents had a piano and it was always open. So anytime mm. I had a spare minute, instead of a computer game, I would yeah. go to the piano and just have a little riff. And I never thought about it before until you said then. Mm. But that's why I go to it. That's why it's the, I just sit there, play until I... It's sort of filling in that... I was going to say, great time filler. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, if you're waiting, like I suppose if I was waiting for my sister, my mum, whatever, yeah. dad would be in the conservatory and I'd be playing the piano until someone come and got me. Yeah. Um, but that's a really good point. I think there's something really quite nice. I mean, playing the violin to someone is not that great. It's a bit screechy. But playing the piano is pretty cool, isn't it? Oh, piano is everything. Uh, yeah, 100%. Everything. I just feel... I just learned. Go on. Born, uh, you know, um, I got given the, uh, the, um, the album um, Bradley Cooper. Um, oh, Star is Born. Star is Born, so just oh. learn that. Just learn that. Oh my God. I, know. I mean, I. Right? Just shallow. Can't. Yeah. That's one of my favourites. Order a glass of wine. Oh. I'll get my dressing gown on. <laughs> Wigging can come. Doesn't, doesn't end well, though. I mean, sorry for anyone. That night. The film. What? I Me? Think. What, the date? Or the, oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> you just spoilt the film for people who haven't seen it? No, I mean. Film spoiler. Depends how you define ending well. I garage. didn't what? say what happened. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, remember us this way. That's the other one. Yeah, that's, that's the, the one. my. It's only I, five chords, like Elton John. It's only five chords. Brilliant. Beatles. Love Some of the it. best music ever. It's only like four or five chords. It's really easy. There you go. Mm. Okay, time for Bose's handy tips about how we can all cope a bit better over the next few weeks and potentially months um, under lockdown. I think that's part of the problem, isn't it? We just don't know how long this is going to last, and that lack of control over our own lives can let anxiety creep in but hopefully if we can all follow these little nuggets of advice it may just help okay first of all take time for yourself to stay centered and sane number two seize moments of calm they may be few and far between but they are out there you just need to grab them with both hands Number three, find your sanctuary away from the chaos. Now, if like me, your whole house is chaotic, then that might be hard. But there must be a little corner somewhere where you can take yourself off and just have a moment or two. Because remember, timeouts aren't just for kids. It's really important to take a little me time because it can go a long way. I know that sounds a bit selfish because I always feel guilty 
if I go off and read a book or listen to some music or have a bath or all three at the same time. But I think and hope that we all come back to our jobs in the house with the kids, with our family, as better mothers, better partners, more productive, if we have taken a bit of time out. Cabin fever is real. So one way to smash that oppressive feeling is to learn something new. Take up a new hobby, for example. Don't resist and fight the new norm. Embrace it. Shape it to suit you. For example, you could move rooms, change the layout at your home, create a new space dedicated to a new hobby. Make working for home work for you. Don't be afraid of the silence, if indeed it exists at any point during your day. It can be truly golden after all. Try to block out unhelpful noise and that will also reduce your anxiety. It's not where you work, it's how you work. So make it work for you with a little bit of help from Bose. Feel more, do more, be more with Bose. Um, so music aside, sport has always been a massive passion for you. Now, mm. I don't think I'm exaggerating in any way, shape or form when I say you have an extraordinary ability to retain information, particularly about rugby, mm. but pretty much all sport. I'm astonished you don't use this more in your career because, I mean, you do to an extent during the yeah. Six Nations, but I could pluck any player from any team and I think you would know all his stats. Um, Am I right? Phew, that's a big one. I do remember doing Mastermind on Welsh Rugby. I don't remember that I too. got more right, whatever. Um, but... But didn't you, didn't you have a kind of a, a time category? Wasn't that wasn't yeah, that? Yeah, it was in the decade. Yeah, so it was quite it was quite detailed. Go on, it was, what was it? I think it was two thousand two thousand and ten. But it was just give me really, an example of the sort of questions you oh, asked. Like the first question was something about. <laughs> um, you know exactly. I know they thought it was a bit weird because the first it was the first game in two thousand and in Six Nations or Five Nations as it was known back then, and who scored first? And I just vividly remember. Uh, I don't know why, but into Mac run around Shane Williams, who's making his debut. Uh, Richard Smith come off the bench to make his debut off Rob Howley, and what times the tries were scored and stuff. Oh, Which I suppose no, it's just no. things I just knew that I didn't have to study for that. I don't know what it is. Maybe slightly autistic with my knowledge. Mm. Um, really love it. I like getting in and out. I like know, knowing my stuff. I don't know. Just love sport. Love it. My Talking God. of Intermat, his son had an amazing debut. It I kind of made me feel quite old this weekend because we saw Gavin Hastings' son Adam. having... That yeah. was his full debut, yeah. yeah. Intermat, I think his Roman third or fourth game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's only he 20. Good, he had a good game, didn't he? What a player, yeah. France were good, weren't they? Yeah. All expect them to be quite good, and they were. A bit painful on that front, oh, being an English person. England were weird. They were just... I don't know. It was kind of... Um, you know, after that game against New Zealand, which potentially was the best performance by an England side ever to get an outpower. one of the best muscle. performances of any side I'd ever. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And then, um, I don't know, they just seem to... be really interesting to see what happens now because Eddie Jones came out after, didn't he, say, oh, it's my coach and it's my bad coach. And he mm. said that after the World Cup final. Mm. Okay, well, you've got to put that right, haven't you? So it, it's fine if it's vindicated, but now his selection will really be questioned. But do you know what? It's the same thing as Stuart Lancaster back in 2015 as it is now. 
England have an amazing pool of players, but the key is to find the right players in the right position. So if you take the back row, for example, it always fascinates me. People say you should play this number eight or that number seven. The key is to play the right balance of a back row. So England, when they had Delalio, Richard Hill and Neil Back, and they were arguing whether you play Lewis Moody or not, it was about having the right balance. And when they found the right balance, look what happened. So it's about the dynamic between the players as much as the individuals themselves, after all, the team game. Yeah, and it also, how do you want to play the game? Because now the, the, you know, Sam Warburton's been brought into the Welsh team purely to look at the breakdown and the tackle area, how you tackle a player and what you do after that. It's like the fourth set piece now, isn't it, after kickoff. Um, so yeah, it'll be, so you've got to have the back, if you look at Sam Underhill and Ben Curry, kamikaze kids as they're called, they're brilliant when Vinopola's at number eight, when you've got a ball carrier. But then you lose Vinopoli, mm. you put Curry back there, you bring someone else in, it doesn't have the same effect, mm. and it was undone against France. Wasn't so, it? so, I mean, we'll come on to the Sean Edwards effect shortly, but you think Fine. that was the, the fact that it didn't have a big number eight? Do you think that was at the. Ma- no, so Sean Edwards is famous for. No, 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 sorry, part. separating the Sean Edwards yeah, but it's, the blitz it's defense. Got all thing. To do oh, it's that. all to link. Yeah. Okay, go, go so on. So Sean Edwards got a blitz defense. Yeah. We all know that because, yeah. you know, we know it's what worked so defense. well with Wales yeah, as did. well. Yeah. yeah. So you can't really play. Outside of blitz defence, who yeah. was brilliant over the weekend was Delan Hartley. Did yeah. you hear? His... I thought he was exceptional. Fantastic. I really enjoyed the chat about Saracens, which I thought was very balanced with um, Castinier. Uh, but Dylan brilliant. was very fair, yeah. but very firm yeah. as well. I yeah. thought he was, yeah, a revelation. Yeah, he's brilliant on social media as well, and um, I loved him. And he was talking about this. So the blitz defence, you can't go around it because you don't have enough time. And um, the conditions didn't lend themselves to it at the weekend. Would that yeah. would that be fair? Mm, yeah, I'm not sure how much that affects your defence. But no, you've got to go through them. You've got to go through them. That when you reminds me of the bear hunt. Well, it's got to be that. What? Who's that? Can't go over it. Can't go under it. Got to go, go through, through it. it. Yeah, that is. We're going on a bear hunt. Oh, We're going to no, catch no. a big one. No. We're no. not Do you scared. That it's a beautiful day. I've seen that to the England team before mm, they come maybe. on. Maybe. Anyway, sure, you can tell I'm a mother of two small kids. No, I liked it. <laughs> we, we've literally You said there was no music in your body. You just <laughs> completely proved that. <laughs> um, yeah, so you've okay, got to go, go through it. So where's your ball carriers? Yeah. And you lose Manu to Ilagi early yeah. doors. You've got no Vinopola. Sinclair's getting knocked back, wouldn't he? So where do you go after that? And there's so many amazing number eights in England, like Sam Simmons and... Nathan Hughes is not even part of the conversation. Don Brand at Harlequins. Um, just, you know, uh, Harrison at Northampton is playing. He's really in form, you know. So be interesting to see what they do with selection next. They're but was our so. biggest mistake not employing Sean Edwards? Because, <gasps> you know, come on. I know, Breaking right? news. I know. He's English. I know. Well, Yeah. Is that, what is that? Was that, is that an Gat, ego Gat, thing? Is Gat, that what Gatlin, was always used to make me laugh. I got to know him quite well. Yeah. Him. Really good guy. Funny. Amazing, really, isn't it? Yeah, 12 yeah. years at the top. Yeah, yeah. And poor Pivak had to walk into the stadium past the Gatlin gate on Saturday. Good luck, mate. But, yeah, well, um, look what he did. I, mean, I know. Amazing. I know. But yeah, I think it's like, he was saying that England, do you remember when he said England couldn't afford me? And the Welsh loved that, didn't they? Um, but yeah, maybe he should have. Sean Edwards, legend. But, you know, that's one game and it's a new cycle and does it really matter? I don't know. We'll see. World Cup, World could, Cup. Could we, oh no, I mean, are we still reeling from that loss to the Springboks? I don't know, but you tell me, surely that Saracens effect in the squad yeah, with other players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, would, have, that would be more that would, to... must have been a strange conversation. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but... You, I mean, I don't said, think it can still be a hangover from the World Cup. I think flat said though, didn't it? I think players at that level, as soon as they start 
whacking each other in mm. training. They don't really think about that stuff, do they? Just got to do the job in front of them. But France are good too, mind. Yeah. Well, we got them a couple of weeks. Day, yeah. Is Wiggy comes now? Usually, he's, I don't really speak to Wiggy for most of the year until Six Nations comes up, and he's like, "Geth, what are you doing Saturday, but Can I bring my dad?" So, yeah. He said he goes very, very Welsh, mm. doesn't he? By the way, my husband really Welsh, was born in Hammersmith. Mm pretty much lived within a mile radius of Hammersmith yeah, he's the opposite ever of me. since then. He's the opposite of me. And yet he claims to be, oh, no, Welsh. No, but... Particularly yeah, during the Six Nations. I was born in Wales, and now I live in Hammersmith. <laughs> That's true. And he was born in Hammersmith and would love to live in Wales. Yeah, yeah. Or claims to be Welsh. So, do you... He's not really Welsh, is he? He's not really Welsh. No. Not really at all. Um, and yet, very much so. And apparently, so are our children during the Six Nations. They aren't Welsh at all. Welsh is going to be, though, and he, he's going to love it. Mm. It's brilliant, though. I think the... A Cardiff, as you well know, when you came down and forgot all your tickets. That wasn't me. Oh, was that Wiggy? That was 100% Wiggy. was it? Just so you know this, listeners, we went down there and my husband is somewhat militant about rugby and being on time and arriving. He was stressed, wasn't he? He was really, really stressed. And the reason he was stressed was because he put his hand in his pocket and there were no tickets in it that you had organised for us. And it stressed him out beyond belief because for the first time ever, and of course I took great joy in this, he made a mistake. He <laughs> lost our tickets. And 90% of the time, it would be fuming. my fault. But wow. I mean, I've literally savoured that day. I've literally got every single we clip. We had to reprint them, didn't we? Yeah, well, that, well done you on that. No, thank you. Um, so just tell, really me about, uh, tell me about... The, it's like full-on Six Nations, Jen. <laughs> I feel like we're on the... Yeah, we're going. I'm, oh. I'm interested in your views okay. on it because you do know a hell of a lot about rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, what are Wales's chances going forward? Oh. Try and take the, try and take the bias and passion. Uh, good, good. But I think it's the way that games fall and where they are. Like Ireland and England away will be tough. I think France, I said France, I call, I call France at the start of the tournament just because of the way the games fall, to be honest. But Scotland looked good, didn't they? And um, Ireland, you never know. I think they're a massive transition because they've got a few oldies and a few youngies. And let's talk in more general terms because there'll be plenty of people listening to this after the Six Nations. Oh. In fact, sorry, it's not going out tomorrow. Potch well done, Wales. We Potch is before you. Has Potch gone out before me? Sorry. Gutted. That's fair. Um, it's not very topical, but fair. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go on. The, big, the, bigger pi- the bigger picture for Wales. Just tell us what it is to be well, the, a, a, a Welsh. The massive thing for Wales is to sort out the regions, isn't it? To get your players back in mm. Wales. Like, because our league, Pro 14, you know, they, it's, they're, they're not performing. No going to these games, are they? Well, What's the problem with that? They, I don't know. Like, more than that, though, it's about um, Welsh teams have got to start winning, you know, on the big stage. And we got to bring our best players back to Wales. They've got to sort that out. And then maybe there's a sort of chance, you know, the Premiership is such a strong league. It's mm. incredible. And Jamie, you know, Jamie Roberts, a good friend of mine. He's just gone out and he made his debut on Saturday for the Stormers in South Africa. So he's pretty yeah. much done the full thing now. He's played top 14 France, pro 14 or pro 12 at the time. Um, he's Premiership and uh, Super League, you know, British Lions, Welsh International. It's pretty cool That's CV cool. that is. He's, living, he's living the dream. The Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But we'll come back to it later. Yeah, yeah living the dream. But, I mean, why wouldn't you? Mm, playing rugby in the sun out there. I don't know. Yeah, so we sort, sort the structure out back home and then sort of develop a few more. But we do punch above our weight, I think, on of the international do. stage. Well, you think the whole very tiny And Gavin got it right. You know, we're so close against South Africa. Mm. And who knows? Mm. I know you can't say, but an England-Wales World Cup final oh. would have been something, wouldn't it? Would I don't think we would have won it. it. But I, I think it would have been brilliant. It. That would have been epic. Um, yeah. Tell me the story. Rugby. Rugby. Rowing carry rugby. Tell me the story about Finn Russell at the airport. <laughs> so, because you know, there's a bit of mystery yeah. around Finn Russell. He's clearly a very talented player, still very young. No, what happened? He's got was... a number of caps for a very young player, and he's clearly got a lot of talent. But he's not currently in the squad. Can you give us an insight? <laughs> I was in Dubai last week with our mutual friend Kirsty Gallagher. Not on holiday together, working. as in a relationship capacity, right. in a working one. Um, we had a few drinks and a, and a late night burger. Anyway, I came back Thursday, and uh, who did I see? But Finn Russell was in the airport, and uh, it the was hashtag bit, Where's Finn? It's I know. Probably been well, trending. I'm, on, I'm on a WhatsApp group with a load of Scottish boys that I play touch rugby with, so they were loving that because they're like, "Where's Finn?" And I'm like, "I found Finn." <laughs> it was kind of the chat. Nemo. But he'd been released from Scotland, as you know, and then uh, he'd gone back to Paris, played for Racing against Castro, and all the boys had four days off, I think, or five days off. So he was out in Dubai, and then, weirdly, we're going through customs, chatting away, and I dropped my ear pods, you know, those Apple wanker ear pods that everyone's got. <laughs> yeah. Might as well have a sign saying, I'm a wanker, but they're brilliant, aren't they? On the, have you got a pair? I prefer Bose myself, but there you go. Oh, yeah, Bose are great too. Have you tried the Bose sunglasses with the music in them? I have. Game changer. Yeah. Tried them out for the first time last week, actually. And uh, I don't know why, but I just thought it was brilliant. It's weird, because when you first put them on, you think <laughs> someone's playing music in the room. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how they go straight into your ears, but they're actually very cool very looking cool. as well. Very they? cool. Look at um, that. Yeah. Anyway, um, I've got these um, quite handy. Um, apparently, Bose, I know for a fact, are bringing out the rival to the airport later on in the year. Look out for those. Uh, so, um, yeah, one of them falls out, which I'm sure won't happen with the Bose ones. And um, I find one, but I can't find the other one. Oh, that's annoying. It was really annoying. And I was like, I've got a long flight and, you know, uh, what am I going to do? So I wait there and they're all really lovely. They get everyone out. Everyone comes out to help. And I'm walking back and forth through the customs and setting off the alarms and it's gone crazy. And I thought I'm going to get arrested. Waiting for the trays to come around again to see if they're in there. Nothing. So by now, Finn and his mate have gone. And then I get a text about... 20 minutes later from Finn saying, you're broke. 
Uh, <laughs> I just found a, an earpod in my pocket. I'm like, what? How? <laughs> Call him, find him at McDonald's. Like, how did that happen? He's telling the story. But he didn't remember it happened 15 minutes before. How did it get into his... We don't know. Okay. We don't know, but I just thought it was really random. <laughs> and obviously the Scottish boys were just loving life. Bless him. You found yeah, Finn and your earpod. It's I a hope strong we can sort out because, you know, they've, they've got some talented players, <coughs> Scotland. Mm. So, um, yeah. And, yeah. So we'll see. I was just going to say about Henry Purgos because I just realised I've never, because I'm doing a Masters at the moment, and I've realised I've Casually really, dropped that into conversation. Of course I knew you were doing it, but, you know, know. Oh, yeah, our listeners didn't until just we're now, but yeah, no, tell us. No, but I haven't told any, no one, yeah. yeah. I only told my mum and dad a few weeks ago. Anyway, yeah, weird. But Henry Purgos is on my course. As teachers, they would be very proud of that, I'm sure. Oh, mate, when I went to university, no joke, right? They obviously thought I was a thick one of the family. <laughs> so, you know, in the dining room where the piano is and a few pictures and my dad's grog from being a conductor, um, there's, a, there's like a space on the wall for my sister to get her degree. She's a bit older than me. There it is. No space for mine. Because <laughs> they didn't think you were going to get it? No. Oh. I'm like, where are you going to put mine? They're like, <laughs> as if. But then I got a doctorate from my university. So that's up there. <laughs> and now they need to face... Well, I've got to pass it first, but yeah, two-year master's in sporting directorship. It's amazing. Well, we'll see. I am enjoying it. And why, why are you choosing to do that? Because TV's weird now, isn't mm. it? TV's weird. So, well, it's a fickle beast, isn't it? Well, yeah, and some of it's out of your control now, isn't mm. it? It's kind of a weird job in that... How do you say this? Um, it's a weird job that in sometimes... You don't always get the job that you think you're going to get, mm. and it's sometimes out of your control. Very diplomatic. Thank you. Um, and that's cool, and some it's for the right reasons, whatever else, but you know, can affect your income. So I was kind of thinking, if you're a presenter, right? I don't know if you think this is the same, but if you're a presenter, I think you're a business. Mm. So to be a good business, you need to evolve. Mm. Well, you're a brand, aren't you? Yeah. So I'm trying to evolve that business by having another skill that might help me in a couple of years in a world that I'm fascinated by and really into. And um, the coaching side and the mentoring side of things through media and sport is something I'd love to do. Like, you know, it's right up my street. So yeah. Another string to the violin. Do you know what? I was in a, I'm doing it in the same university I was at 20 years ago. So I haven't been in the library since 1999. And the other week, going past a few students who are obviously Googling, is this Steve Jones? No. <laughs> Is that the guy from the postcode lottery? No, I'm like, this is embarrassing. I'm like, the only one with sort of grey hair in his beard, because none of them actually can grow a beard. And then I go to leave, and I haven't taken a book up since 99. I set the bloody alarms off, and this guy runs up to me with a stammer. And it was just really embarrassing. So three selfies later, trying to get out Whitmore 2009, performance coaching book, uh, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's the simplest process in the world, but I thought it was different to how it was when I remembered it 20 years ago. Well, how many times do you get mistaken for Steve Jones? A lot. I'd, I'd yeah, actually come and present Formula One and see I'd if anyone actually, notices. I'd actually like to do a photo shoot with him. Why not? You know, just to say. Just for Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> He's completed it, hasn't he? Sure. Um, I've never been on Tinder actually. Um, no, yeah. I would like to do it just sure, to sure. sort of. Uh, I haven't. Just grinder. I've got Instagram DMs. <laughs> it's a dangerous world, DMs, isn't it? Oh. Things that slide in there. Yes. Be very well, careful. Some of them. Why are you drinking squash now? Not losing. I'm just really thirsty. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go and have a sip. Carry on. She's really loud when she drinks. Look at you. Could you hear it? Yeah. So I reckon we should, we should do a, a photo. I tell you what. Go on. I've actually never told this story, but you mentioned it before. 
one of my first dates with Catherine. Yeah. We went to a really posh restaurant in town. And the table was booked at something like half seven. Were you sweating about the bill at this early stage? Posh restaurant. No, Got to impress millionaire. I thought she'd pay you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. So she booked it. I didn't even oh, know where right, this restaurant right, was. It was okay. like that posh. So I wore my posh trousers though. Posh trousers? <laughs> posh Latino trousers? That's what you went wrong. So half seven. So I get there dead early because I'm Kino. And um, she takes, this woman takes me to the table, half seven, booked under Jenkins. Unbeknown to me, Steve is also on a date with a Jenkins that night. Stop it. So he, she, he and her get brought to my table the same time as Catherine arrives. No. I'm like, you're having a laugh. Did you think he was dating your Catherine, your no, Jenkins? No, they just all well, arrived at the same time. Well, his yeah. Jenkins was there. Yeah. And I oh, think he'd asked her weird. out at some point and... It was that's all awkward, weird. and I made some weird joke about going, ha, 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 and everyone thinks that you did Strictly Convancing. Ha, 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 ha. just be cool, say nothing. Just leave it. And that was it. But Steve, Steve used to work on, um, um, in the pot factory back, back in the day. So myself, Alex Jones, we all worked out of Avanti in Porth, just outside of Cardiff. And he did the pot factory, which was like this cool music show. And I did pop tea. Me and Alex did pop tea. Kind of the Welsh version for kids. So we were in the same building. Sometimes even the producer would say, come on, we're on two o'clock. I'm like, no. I'm not Stevie Donut. I'm down here. Listen, there's worse people to be confused with. He's a very handsome man. He's a very man. handsome man, isn't he? Uh, where were we? I don't know. Um, we were talking about... Um, do you know what? Just, just I digress slightly, but um, I once what, was meeting... Not for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I was once meeting Fabiana Eccleston for lunch to talk about some charity stuff. And when, we, when I got to the venue, she hadn't arrived. And they said, what's the table booked under? And I said, Eccleston. Now, I didn't realise, and neither did she, that Bernie was in there. No with way. With all the heads of. I mean, I'm talking like the big, big hitters, like the head of Sony. Oh, wow. Um, all the people that run Formula One. And I had just started in Formula One. I was still working for Five Live. Yeah. And I walk in there and I'm put down at this long table. And I said to the waitress, oh, no, I, I, I think it's just two of us. She goes... No, no, there's others joining. So I just went with it. I sat down one by one. All these old, very powerful world leaders start sitting down around me. And I literally start getting a lip sweat going, what's going on? And then Bernie sits down opposite me and obviously looks at me and goes, I don't think you're invited. I'm not really sure why you're at my table. (laughs) Is he a good guy, Bernie? He's great. He? He's great. You know what? Listen, he's a fascinating guy, and he's done wonders for our sport. And and I absolutely love his wife. She is just awesome. She's very. The girls are cool, actually. Yeah, they're great. And uh, um, Fabi is a smart, interesting, interested woman. She's just wonderful. God, if I had an elephant, you'd have a bag for it, wouldn't you? I tell you my story, right. you rock up with that. Tommy two shits. Yeah. You've done one poo, I've done Jesus. two. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, just quickly on that, what are the daughters called? Petra and Tamara. So Tamara, um, I met, lovely. She's Petra, done this podcast. She puts, she's opened a little autism school oh, in Chelsea, I want to yes, say. Yes, you're right. Doing some brilliant work. Well, I want to come on to that. Um, so please, can we? So mm. you are passionate about supporting autism raising money and awareness you've done documentaries on it tell us why tell us who it's all about for you uh so my nephew albie is autistic he's 12 i've got two nephews albie and lenny 
I'll be 12, Lenny's 8. And I suppose it derives from that, really. I think I've always liked to think that I try and help others as much as I can. And when you then have something that's really close to you in your blood, you tend to sort of really focus on that. Because there's some brilliant charities out there. I feel like someone's sending a Just Giving page every five minutes, which is brilliant. But how do you choose? You can't. And I, I try and do as much as I can, whether that's Noah's Ark, whether that's Maggie's... Um, a lot of it, I think, is children-based for me. Mm. I don't know. That's what really sort of makes me want to run that extra 100 miles or, you know, do the extra triathlon or whatever it may be, but also the day-to-day stuff. So about two and a half years ago, me and my best friend, Sean, we both have autistic nephews, and we said, well, he's a lawyer, and I have some kind of profile, which really helps in the fundraising world of uh, charity. And I said, we should start something, we should do something. And not that Albie and um, Tum, his nephew, benefit directly from, um, no, they don't at all. Mm. It's just more, they're the inspiration behind it. So um, I went to see him one day and we were just about to sort of set it up. And he said, I've got an idea for a name. And I said, go on. He said, well, and just to, just to make the point that the nephew in Welsh is Nye. So we called it NAI, N-A-I, and, and that was it. And we've raised a lot of money. We've been pushing the government. We've been doing lots of videos for schools, educating emergency services and um, uh, also teachers within schools to sort of say, you know, you don't necessarily have to take an autistic child um, out of mainstream to put them in a unit. You just have to understand the child sometimes. Mm. And every single autistic person or child is different. So... Every case is different, if you like. But there's a real lack of understanding, especially in Wales in some parts. So our, our dream was to sort of raise money uh, short, medium and long term. And the long term goal is to build a school. Um, we found a site. It's called the Cariad Centre, which means love. And one day I really hope that we're able to do it. Mm. I really good. struggle with that blast bit. With, whenever I talk about the school, it really gets me every time. It's bizarre. Well, really, it's really. Not bizarre. You know, it matters to you, mm. and that's that's what motivates you, isn't it? That's mm. why you will continue to push hard for it. When, when did you realise that he was atypical? You know, just perhaps. My sister really. She's she's a physio, but she's obviously very she's obviously very very vigilant to it. Cause she works. Mm. She's a paediatrician anyway, so she knew something was up. I know. She first of all, she noticed the hips or something like that it was really random, and then mm. obviously very soon noticed that there was a problem what was with the hips i don't know if that's got anything to do with that actually i just remember he had really bad hips for about 16 weeks um really? yeah that's really random i remember that um but um i think you know a lot of parents kind of go no no it's fine and then with her she was like well no she's medical so immediately there's a problem you don't sort of skirt the issue you just sort how of take old are we on. talking here i think he was two and a half three really god do you know i don't actually know but that became one of the issues was you've got to get early diagnosis to help them, to make the most of them. So the school will be a school that helps them live their full potential rather than trying to take autism away. You know, if you took autism away from Albie, he's not Albie anymore. And he's my best mate. I love him to bits. He's amazing. They're both, love, you know, incredible kids. But Albie's special to me, you know. Um, and we get on, we have a laugh. We know what we're doing, you know. It's okay, it's fine. And... He learned to count through looking at buses and he'll come back from somewhere and he'll ask me where I've been because he knows that's where I'm going to ask him. And he has no sense of time, but he'll never miss the streetlight going off in the morning and going on at night. You know, it's it's a really interesting world. 
um, and he's happy in his own world. Mm. So um, yeah, and 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 I've been saving for a long time to. I'd love one day to. He loves washing. He loves the washing machine. He'll watch the washing machine for hours, and. I always said that one day I'd love to be able to set up Albie's laundrette in Cardiff and he might be able to go to work and come back and fold some clothes and then watch the machine and he might have some, he just might have some independence. So that'd be pretty cool to be able to do that as well. I think that's probably the biggest fear anyone has for someone they love with autism is that they won't, you know, what does the future hold? Autistic kid is one thing, but an autistic adult is very different. It's cute now. But what mm. happens in the future? Mm. Will he have a girlfriend? Will he be able mm. to hold someone's hand? Will he have a meaningful relationship? Will he be able to go to work? Will he ever be able to leave home? Um, will that he must be, be a worry for your sister as well. Huge, yeah. 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 And yeah. and how is that looking? I mean, is it is it, you know, from my experience with my goddaughter, yeah. I know that that is the will, biggest concern. Uh, Matilda, Matilda, yeah, with Will yeah. Greenwood, yeah. And um, Will Will has been on this podcast and, and talked yeah, and talked brilliantly yeah. about yeah. Matilda, yeah, yeah. but. It's it's a worry and it's and you know it's for every year that passes I think the the problems become more complex. I I tell you actually one of the things that Caro Will's wife Matilda's mum said about her was that you know you meet one autistic child you've met one autistic child and yeah, I think I that's that. the key is that, that is 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 not to assume that there's a one size fits all approach because every as you touched on every autistic person is different mm. and you know markedly so so true. so true absolutely so, so how how can you help how can you educate when it's when well, there's such a spectrum i know and well it's not it's not it's us it's us as adults if a child in a wheelchair walked in now and was struggling at the door we'd both jump mm. to the door and help that child come in with a wheelchair if a um child with a mental problem mm. um or issue comes in we kind of look and we kind of go that's weird they're different to us yeah. and we see what happens you know it's um i think that's the problem that's all it is you know albie will run up to a dog and do a bit of stammer and um i've seen adults before look and go what is this kid doing to my dog mm-hmm. not understanding that it's something he can't control and he's absolutely harmless and then so you're what, in this- what does he do He'll just jump, he just gets excited, he jumps up and down, not sure if he wants to touch it, because a dog's unpredictable, isn't yeah. it? And they don't like that, so yeah. it's quite funny, actually, you know, I go to the Celtic Manor a lot, yeah. um, and uh, I take them swimming there, and they love it, and Albie thinks, he calls it Uncle Guest Hotel, so can we go to Uncle Guest Hotel? <laughs> so well, he a, thinks you own it. Yeah, well, I don't know what he thinks, but Brilliant. it's just an easier way for him to because he knows then where we go, and it's important to plan it. Um, anyway, so we go for swimming, and there's a routine, uh, we come out. Um, they have raisins, I get them dressed from bottom to top. Um, we go outside, we watch the doors of 10 times, electronic, he goes into softly, we go around and we have a muffin, chocolate muffin, that's a routine. And it has to be that it has way. It the same every time. Yeah. 10 doors, that used to be like a good 20 minutes, so now we've narrowed it down so you can have 10 doors and that'd be it. So he stands there, the doors open and he watches it again. It's fascinating. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm in there, sort of end of last year, I can't remember getting them changed and Albie always says coming out the pool he says we'll come to Uncle Guest's hotel again soon and a guy's walking past with his kids looking at me going you tell your sons that you're in this hotel you wanker I'm like no 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 no, yeah no and then you're in a you're in a position where you you know that must be interesting for parents do you say sorry he's autistic Mm. or mind your own business move on and there's loads of times with Albie I think 
No, I'm not going to tell them he's autistic. That's up to them to be patient with him. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, very true. But I don't, I see it now and then. I'm not like my sister and, um, you know, her ex-husband as well. They, you know, must be in that situation all the time. Yeah, it's tough. So what are the kind of um, short-term goals? What are the longer-term goals in terms of fundraising and in terms of Albie's future? Uh, fundraising from Nye, like, has nothing to do with Albie. So we'll do uh, little bits and bobs like, you know, iPads in school, being able just to buy them straight away because of the fundraising we've done. Um, the medium side is that we continue to do it. We actually run seminars um, done by a brilliant lady called Donna Charland, um, who runs seminars to parents, whoever needs them in the sort of poor areas of Wales, um, who don't understand what to do and how to get children diagnosed and where to put them and what to do with them, whatever else, if that's the right way of saying mm. it. And then the long term is the school. So um, I, I should say as well that I pay for everything. I pay all the expenses there were no staff or admin costs, so every penny raised for night goes to where it needs to go to. And I hope for as long as I can to afford to do that. That's amazing. Be good. And so if people want to support you, donate, find out more, how it's can called, they? It's called nai.wales. Um, and it's we don't really sort of go after money, which sounds silly, but we kind of say, check it out. And, you know, there's lots of great causes out there and lots of great autistic causes too. Um but, you know, we're part of that. I don't see us mm. as a charity. I see us as, as a way of raising money to give to charities who do brilliant work. So you can raise money through now and we make sure it gets there with no expense. Oh, so lovely. In the pink and bows really want to help during this lockdown. Now, whether we can or not is another question, but we can try and we're going to do that by giving away some more Bose noise-cancelling headphones. To win them... Just share mini anecdotes from your time in lockdown and give us some feedback on this series. Always put in the hashtag Bose and tag in a couple of mates to do the same and you never know, those headphones could be yours. Good luck, stay safe and stay connected. Strictly, come on. We've got to talk about Strictly. I mean, this is really Strictly? I would love would to do Strictly. Would we let Strictly? Probably not. <laughs> He says, when like I dance, there's favorite? way too much going on. No. He's, yeah, I've seen you dance. Yeah, pretty terrible. Quite, quite uh, dirty dance, right? Dirty, I don't think so. If I am, it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> it's not deliberate. I have to look away. Um, there's a Phil, Aunt Davidson, my oh, colleague at Sky. Your, where's your wedding photo gone? Oh, it's, it's been moved to the other. It's been what? burnt. Why? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> the tiger. Um, <laughs> no. Where's the tiger come from? Actually, he's got one of those. Aunt Davidson, one one of my colleagues at Sky F1, um, watched This Is 40, you know, that film, This Is 40. And he said, the thing is, Pinks, that really reminds me of you. So obviously I shinned him because, you know, she's 40. And I'm like, come on, I'm locked at 35, even though I'm not. Um, But also because he goes, you're just not very cool, Nat. You're just always a bit of a dick. You're always doing like crazy legs. And that's my mm. problem with dancing, is I'm just just not very cool. Who would you like to dance with? Ali Ash, I'll see what. (laughs) <laughs> not thought about that for no, a long time. No, night. obviously not. He's a mate. I like to dance with him. Yeah, I bet you would. What a specimen. <laughs> um, but uh, tell me about that Strictly. whole experience. Yeah, tell me about Strictly and, and Ma- why you've managed. Bloody hell, man! It was so long ago. It was like black and white. It really was. But you, two thousand seven. You basically stayed in that family. I know. Well, all I remember is that very, very long knee slide. No oh, one could forget you. that. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's still a record. 2007, never worn makeup before, doing Blue Peter. Here I was. Week one, cha-cha-cha, Cuban heels. 
This shirt that went round my crotch with poppers, a walk-on with Camilla. I think I'm brilliant. That's the weirdest thing about this, right? Right. When James Cracknell, this year, but and, you know, I know, but he danced it, and you could tell he was thinking this is quite good, mm. and I knew how he felt because when I sing the cha 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 to I haven't stopped dancing yet, which Gemma Atkinson loves to sing at me a lot in a <laughs> mundane fashion. <laughs> um, she, um, we were doing it, and I was like. Halfway through, I was shitting myself before. I was like, Cam, I can't do this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then your muscle memory kicks in. And I'm halfway through and the crowd are clapping. I'm thinking, wow, this is really good. I haven't done anything wrong. Now, honestly, this is a true story. I thought this could be the first maximum in week one ever. It's that good. Like, people are loving it. Camilla looks like she's enjoying it. The judges are clapping. It's brilliant. I remember every step. And I stop. I'm like, that's it. Four tens. I literally thought I'd got four tens. And then I went up and Craig was like, darling. And then Bruno was like, it looks like you've been rehearsing by text. And I was like, this is what? And then I got four from Craig. And I was trying to do that TV smile without cracking it, even though I was fuming. I couldn't believe it. And then I watched it back and it was so embarrassing. that I said to Camilla that I might not come back for week two. But in your head, you do all the steps. But I didn't know how to use my body. I didn't, you know, I was musical. So I picked up steps really quickly. Yeah. But I didn't know how to do my fingers and my hands and finish stuff and all that shit. And I can only assume. It's brilliant. I was a stone and a half. Loved every single second of it. Met the beautiful Catherine Jenkins. Oh, God, yeah. That's how that you was, met her, Yeah, it? we was. She was singing with, with uh, Andrea Bocelli. Wow. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we met after that. And that you've went, stayed... Well. You've st- <laughs> Stop it. Um, you've stayed... Stayed in the family. Much. That's yeah. the coolest thing, yeah. So we did a bit of that. And then you did a tour, which is brilliant. And the easiest job you'll ever get in your life because you basically work for three and a half minutes doing the same dance. And then um, went to America, did Dancing with the Stars, the sister show there, which was really weird. And then came back and been doing It Takes Two for, what, four years? And Brilliant. absolutely love it. And, Brilliant. you know, huge respect for Claus. And then to Zoe, you know, they're absolutely brilliant. Rylan's involved now. So um, I, I think it's, you know, I was a bit gutted, you know, not to be involved in that, you know. And you, I suppose, I think that's pretty obvious, you know. But you never know who's out. Who's who is that outside? Like someone's singing opera outside. Oh my gosh, she's come to see us. It's probably that's Wiggy, isn't it? It's Wig, Wiggy doing some <laughs> no, CrossFit training. That's definitely not Catherine. I wonder whether people are on the podcast. Don Giovanni. Love it. That's pretty loud. I don't think this is going to be picked up by the oh, microphone, though. So I think the view, the oh, viewers, please. the listeners, will be going. Okay, bore off, trot yeah. on, hurry up. As if they're still with us. Which, by the way, <laughs> which, by the way, leads me on perfectly wow. to the final subject of this podcast. Oh. Is it true that you can sing Elvis in Welsh? Yes, I know all of Elvis's songs Not in Welsh. Not all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Because I was asked recently who would play me in a story of my life. Yeah. And I said Matthew Reese, who was in Brothers and Sisters. Uh, he was in The Americas. Uh, which, have you seen that? You need to put, you love a Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. You need to watch that. It mm-hmm. might be on HBO, actually. And uh, The Graduate. Um, um, who else was he? Oh, my God. He's done loads of... Um, uh, he was in The Post with um, Tom Hanks and Mel Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, is he devilishly handsome? No, he's beautiful, he is. But anyway, he's I proper talented. Back in the day when we were in Escon, Govingham, like Glantav. Um and he was Elvis, but we don't have a V in the Welsh language. So we all walked around in T-shirts with Elfis written on them. I was a backing dancer, of course. He was Elfis. And we had to learn all the songs in Welsh. So everything. 
Go on then. Ashley Teenage Ginger Beer, then Patsy Silver, she had a skid square glass. What's that? Wiggy's just gone, oh my god, is he telling this story again? Blue switches. Yeah, very good. And I mean, on a guest bar rock. Well, that's got to be jailhouse rock, because yeah, I just said the word rock. It's quite weird and geeky, isn't it? Can I, did have a, I definitely had a geeky start to life, and I think I'm still that geek inside. I was going to say, it wasn't just the start. Yeah, it's still there, isn't it? It's been very... Do you think I'm a geek? Been, yeah, it's good. I feel like quite honoured to be in your yeah. group of friends, because you've got a wicked group of friends. Oh. And I do feel sometimes that I shouldn't be there. But you, you bring the geek around. chic to the otherwise bring slightly the stupid... The geek chic. Yeah. We're not, we're not bright enough for you. Blue Is there anything else you want to say about Blue Peter? Blue Peter's an amazing story. Go on. Go on. Go on then, son. Eight, eight months of auditions. 1,600 people. Someone telling rumours about me. Um, that was gay. Was I gay? No, I wasn't gay. It doesn't matter if you're gay. Just tell us if you're gay. I'm not gay. What Blue Peter asked you that? Blue yeah, Peter asked if you were... was telling them. But why does it? Why would they even ask you? That's strange. Because it wasn't a problem. They were just saying, just so we know, so when we launch it, so you, you know, we can help. I and, see what you mean. I see yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Because this is like 2003. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, very different. It's not like it is now. Different time, where you're going, yeah. okay, no, not a problem. It yeah. was like what? He's yeah. gay. Yeah, yeah, that's. It's a mad, that isn't it? About yeah, 15 years ago, that still is like a, that. that is a shame. So that was going on. And then I got told that I didn't get the part because um, they'd done some audience research and the kids had written down bland and a bit boring. I thought you'd say gay. <laughs> no. So I was like, well, that's shit. And also, I'm not having this. Yeah. Because... I'm very interesting. The, for years, the audition had always been the same. So how can you be any different if it's so stringent? So yeah. I was like, look, Rich Marson, who's now one of my closest friends, um, I said, mate, you've got to let me prove to you that this is wrong. Yeah. He's like, okay. Because he did the whole phone call and said, look, I'll send you the letter with all the people that didn't get the job. I think Ainsley Harriet's on it, Annika Rice, who went for the job but didn't get it. Wow. So it's like, you know, good luck, you all go on to do other things. I'm like, no. No. no, I'm six months in. I'll never forget, I was in Bangor with my ex-girlfriend, Linda, and she's cooking a chicken dinner. It was the 67th minute of Wales versus Japan, and there we were 23-3 up. And I was wearing green combat, so I remember that, because I had a bit of a rip on them from jumping off a ladder the day before, I was fuming, and a white T-shirt, and my Adidas Sambas on outside. I was freezing cold, um, and I was like, no. So I was having this chat, and I was going to Madagascar the next day, then I was supposed to interview Beckham, but I couldn't because in Madagascar. And then I had to come back to be a mermaid for the book club in Battersea Park. <laughs> that was my schedule that week. Weird. Uh, so um, that was with Ine Pimp, actually. So yeah, it was Madagascar. Yeah, it was Madagascar. So um, anyway, so I'm like, dude, you got to. I've got to show you that I'm not boring. And he's like, okay, what do you suggest? I said, I'm going to send you some of the tapes I've been doing or some of the shows I've been doing on Ine Pimp. Or just send him your weekly schedule. And that's anything but boring. No, no. <laughs> I, I wanted him to see me on TV yeah. and disprove yeah. this theory so uh, that's what I did I got off the phone I was going the next day I phoned Al DJ legend I said Al you've got to do me a favour I need this 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 so he sent Rich a load of um, stuff whilst I was in the air hoping he got it and considering I'd gone to Madagascar and I was asked to phone Al and everything else Rich got them within three days so I come back and Rich goes mate I completely see your point I thought he's going to give me the job and he went I know this is absolutely hideous I've told you you haven't got the job but do you want to be back in the running I'm like I'm like hell yeah so we're in the last four 
then we had some more screen tests. I had to do this argument with Zoe Salmon over laces and Velcro and whatever they do at the time. Loads of fitness tests I'd already done. And then I went to the Christmas show, went upstairs, and Rich and Kez were there, series producer, and they said, literally, I'd been, they asked me to decorate some baubles in the day, and I was like, the best bauble decorator in the world, because I'd come so far. I was so keen, you know? And I went upstairs, and we'd like to offer you the job as the 31st Blue Peter presenter. And I remember putting my head in my hands and just started crying. And you're allowed one phone call, like you've been arrested. And then I went down to be Father Christmas on the show, but they didn't say who it was then. They didn't reveal that until April. I filmed for three months. I remember getting on to a flight in Vermont and I had no idea what they were paying me. I had no idea what I was getting paid. I didn't care. And it was only when I got my paycheck, I realised. How much do you think a Blue Peter presenter got? It was like four or five shows a week live. Not a clue. 27 grand a year. I took like a pay cut of like half my salary to do it. But you would, wouldn't you? It's the ultimate. Didn't As you're care. coming through, Absolutely that care. was the ultimate. 31 countries, six broken bones, wow. four world records, you know, like these amazing opportunities. Life changer, absolute life changer. But messes you up, I think, in terms yeah. of career. Because oh. you're always like, if you, you know, you're always like the Blue Peter presenter or your kids presenter or your Holland and Barrett advert or you used to date an opera singer. What's your kind of identity? You yeah. Know? And that's where sometimes it's hard to move on. Yeah, but I tell you what... I don't care because Blue Peter was amazing. Well, it was. It was the ultimate. And I actually think that's a great life lesson that you've taught there is not necessary, necessarily to accept the first answer. And if you genuinely believe in yourself, that you need to push hard and push forward. So. Do you know that's what got me the job in the yeah, end? Yeah. When I fought for it. But two is the way I responded to the fact that I had a rumour against me. Mm. And it was actually my best friend at the time. What a shame. Yeah. And probably people know who he is, but um, I'll never understand why he did that. But mm. actually, the good that came out of it was that I was able to sort of deal with it. And ever since then, even, you know, recently I've been quite stressed with work. You're just able to kind of go, all right, it's not the end of the world. Like, I think of Albie, I think of Lenny, I get massive inspiration from them, and I kick on because I am unlucky. I've got two arms, I've got two legs, I'm breathing air, I can run around, I can run 5K. Um, I can do nice things. I, I can't remember the last time I went for dinner and thought I better check the bill. And I think that's an incredible blessing in life mm. uh, that a lot of people take for granted, you know. And I'm reminded by that the whole time, you know. And um, I know it sounds really weird, but I've been helped my sister buy a car recently. She's got a budget, and that's the freaking budget. Mm. And there's no more. That's the budget. And it's. I think that's. I live my life like I still pay myself my Blue Peter wage, which is really weird. So I kind of live on. What, what, when I left, I got about 50 grand a year because it was called danger money because I was constantly putting myself at risk. So I kind of still pay myself that and then because I don't really need much, mm. you know? Gethin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. It's been really weird. I'm in your kitchen talking to you on a microphone and we're going to put this out to other people. Well, you know, they might not listen and they can choose not to. That's true. But, you know... I'm enjoying your podcast. I've so really enjoyed luck. it, so thanks Me very too. much. Pleasure, love. Thanks, Geth. Lovely to chat. Um, Great to hear firsthand your passion and commitment to uh, finding out more about autism, supporting those with it, and all in honour of your lovely nephew. So um, keep up the great work. And thanks for our chat. Hopefully we can have a glass of wine, maybe even a bottle, again soon weird doesn't it doesn't it feel strange not being able to have a a drink with your mates 
um, or hug, just face-to-face chats. It just sort of goes against everything that it is to be human. Um, And actually, this is why I do love working with Bose, because they genuinely want us to stay connected and they are trying to be creative and imaginative and resourceful in finding ways for us to do that. One of them is to give away some of the noise-cancelling headphones, just to give you a bit of space in in what may be fairly um, difficult circumstances because, you know, it's lovely to be with your family, but sometimes it can be quite intense just being in one place all the time. So whilst we're in lockdown, what better thing to do than put on some headphones and lose yourself in some music? Make sure that you enter the competition to win those headphones. Um, just tell us your lockdown stories, tag in a friend and let us know um, what you think about the guests that we've had. And make sure that you add the hashtag Bose. As you can probably hear in the background, I've got a bit of noise that needs cancelling out too. My crazy family wouldn't change it for the world. But anyway, thank you for your company. Lovely to have you with us. Loads of uh, love to you all. Stay home, stay healthy, stay safe, stay connected. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.